Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Movies in a Meal, the podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. Today we have a stacked episode, only the tribute to the sadly late and eternally great Carl Weathers. And after that, three movies this week, Amber DuVernay's Origin, and the Netflix documentary The Greatest Night in Pop. And finally, this week's big opening, Matthew Vaughn's Argyle. But to start us off, Brad, tell us all about why you love Carl Weathers and why it'll be missed so much. Watching the first few Rocky movies, the thing that initially caught me was just seeing Carl Weathers just as Apollo Creed. He's, he's got the wrestling persona, he's got the phrases, he's basically advertising this boxing match with a guy who's nowhere near the rankings. I mean, I really, lo- I really loved uh, Weathers in those movies. And I mean, and I know other people are going to talk about some other movies. I loved him in Happy Gilmore. He was great in Happy Gilmore. So it just seems always good in what he did. He seemed to always bring something. He was good in Predator, too. I mean, amazing. He was just an amazing actor. It seemed like everything he did... He did well, and he did it to the best of his ability. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, he was long being a great action star. He was a very, very funny guy. And as people who are really good at being funny, they need to make fun of themselves. It's not always what he always did, but he's probably best known as Chubbs Peterson as far as comedy and Happy Gilmore. I mean, we were just talking about off the air. It's easily a top ten comedy. And he was, he plays off Adam Sandler perfectly. And he had this four-episode run on Arrested Development where he basically played himself and it might be even more memed about how cheap he is and making fun of himself. It's perfection. But for a deep dive, Brad might know this one. He started on one of my favorite episodes of Psych called Viagra Falls, perfectly titled. And it's him and William Devane as these ex-cops who come out of retirement to track down, like, I can't remember what the case was. But when he dresses down Dulé Hill repeatedly throughout the episode, it's one of the best hours of TV you'll ever see. So he was a great comedian. Yeah, I mean, he does this really good run... Obviously, with science fiction, too, I mean, he's in some of the more seminal science fiction movies of all time, one being Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was reading an uh, an excerpt from an interview from John McTiernan, the director, and basically he wanted Carl Weathers. The studio did not want Carl Weathers because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to pay for Carl Weathers. But McTiernan fought for him because he felt like he would bring something good out of Arnold as far as acting. And I think he really did. It might, you know, Brad, we were talking about it. I think it's true. I think it might be one of his best performances. I mean, Arnold's best performances. Sadly, when he passed away at 76 this week, uh, in his sleep, I think, he was being introduced and reminded to another generation in um, Star Wars and The Mandalorian. And just to circle back on Keith's point, it's just like, and Brad's too, just like whatever he was in, he was good. And he just brought another level of quality and uh, R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. So, so, I don't know, we'll transition to that, I guess, right? And um, Keith's got some movies to talk about, and then we got some movies to talk about. So, Keith, you want to leave it off with Origins? Excellent. Okay. So, Brad, tell us what it's all about. Uh, summary courtesy of IMDb. The unspoken system that has shaped America and chronicles how lives today are defined by a hierarchy of human divisions. Yeah, heavy concept, but you know, I had been excited about Origin ever since I heard that Avery Dene was going to do it back in 2000, early 2023, and it's based on Isabel Wilkerson's cast. It's really one of those books that, you know, like Brad watches parts of certain movies. I read parts of this book. It's a really heavy book. It's great, but it's really hard to read. It was a bestseller, and you know, I really couldn't imagine what DuVernay was going to do with this, but the easier, though, not still not easy thing, would have been to make Wilkerson's book about how racism is just part of a larger caste system in America and the world into a documentary. Never one to shy away from a challenge made this into a portrait of the writer's life as Wilkerson wrote the book. And best of all, cast Ingenue Ellis Taylor as Wilkerson for a much richer, occasionally uneven portrait. The first thing to know about Origin, in DuVernay's hands, is that it really isn't a duty or a burden to watch. 
It is instead entertaining throughout, unfolding almost like a literary thriller till it hits you hard for the finish, like the best movies of Spike Lee do. As the movie opens, what we eventually learn is Trayvon Martin walking through his Florida neighborhood. We don't find out, though we all know, what right away what happened to Martin, as instead it becomes the impetus for cast, as pitched to Wilkerson by her New York Times editor, a charming but slyly manipulative Blair Underwood. From there, the movie becomes about Wilkerson throwing herself into the book, often to distract herself from tragic things piling up in her own life, a complicated but fulfilling way to do this. The thrill part of this, as much as you can call it that, comes as Wilkerson travels the globe to investigate her thesis that American slavery can be linked directly to the horrific crimes of the Holocaust and India's degrading caste system. She travels to Germany to visit monuments including the Empty Library, a harrowing monument dedicated to Nazi book burning. And it's here that we get the movie's best scene, as at a dinner party, a defiant Connie Nielsen lays out her case that as awful as slavery is, you just can't compare it to the Holocaust. The disdain in Ellis Taylor's face is just perfection. Wilkerson also travels to India to meet with Dalit professor Siraj Yangde, as himself, to learn about the Dalit activist Bimrao Ambedkar. But as much as the globe traveling gives this movie its pace, it's what Wilkerson is going through at home that gives Cass his surprising heart. Here she's helped by key players, John Bernthal, who plays Isabel's husband, Brett, and their meet-cute scene in which he intercedes that she's being conned by a contractor kind of fits into the movie perfectly. He gives this a lot of soul, as does Nisi Nash, who, as Wilkerson's cousin, is her best cheerleader even as she's going through a lot in her own life. To be sure, this doesn't all work perfectly. One scene in which Nick Offerman shows up as a MAGA hat-clad plumber who she has to charm into fixing her flooded basement just really doesn't work. But so much more does, as it slowly builds to a devastating scene you just have to see in which a black kid tries to celebrate with his little league teammates at a public pool in Ohio in 1951. It's stunning, as so much that DuVernay delivers here is. DuVernay is one of my favorites because she always does her own thing, from Selma to Queen Sugar to the Central Park Five series when they see us on Netflix. And it always challenges us as much as it entertains. For what she managed to create from Isabel Wilkerson's cast, I'll give her three and a half stars. So, Brad, you got some Rotten Tomatoes for us? I do have some Rotten Tomatoes, critics and audience. Uh, Keith, what you thinking? Um, you know, I know critics, it's a challenging movie, but I, I know they like it. I'll go 95. Fans, if you're going to see it, I will go 80. You almost got them if you flipped them. Critics, 82%, wow. 152 reviews. Audience, 97%, 250-plus reviews. Critics' consensus, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes, a moving drama that's unafraid to ask big questions, Origin honors its source material with powerful performances in service of a deeply emotional story. An audience says, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes, excellent across the board, Origin is a powerful drama with a worthwhile message for all viewers. Let's go on to the next movie. It's a documentary that's on Netflix about the making of We Are the World. What's it called again? The Greatest Night in Pop. So A little, a little braggadocious, but you know. I might have actually jumped on, um, I might have stepped on Brad's toes, but what's, what's, this, movie, what's this movie about? It's summary always, courtesy of IMDb. On January 25th, 1985, dozens of the era's most popular musicians gathered in Los Angeles to record a charity single for African famine relief. Setting egos aside, they collaborated on a song that would make history. Okay. And, you know, that kind of gets to why this movie mostly works and why it doesn't. They did, but they are a little full of themselves, you know. You know, I dove into this one just because looking for something to watch after a busy day looking for some fluff, but in the hands of director Bay and Gwen, after a pretty standard start, it's that and much more once it gets going. First, a bit about how old I was when We Are the World came out in 1985. I was 15 and a wannabe punk, but not much of one. I did love Prince, but the rest of it I falsely thought was beneath me. I've since, of course, learned how wrong I was. The real magic of The Greatest Night in Pop is just how they brought together the biggest artists in America to re record this anthem that to date has raised 80 million to fight hunger in America. At first, however, this starts off like far too many documentaries do with a collection of talking heads sharing just how magic all this was. Boring. 
once they realize that and instead drop us full into just how this all came together and the live footage that makes this thrilling to watch is when it really gets going. It certainly helps that our host here, and along with Quincy Jones and others, the orchestra of this is Lionel Richie. Still quite possibly the coolest dude in the world, he's charming as he takes us through the endeavor of writing a song with Michael Jackson and, in theory, Stevie Wonder, who they just couldn't get a hold of. You'll learn more about that later, but the creative process is fun to watch, especially the heartbreaking footage of Michael Jackson riffing on the words in the build-up to the big event. But thankfully, the movie itself is largely about the live event, which somehow managed to snare, I think it was, 46 of America's greatest pop stars to record this without exaggeration all night after the 1985 American Music Awards. It's the little things that really make this fun to watch. You learn why Cyndi Lauper's jewelry was so much of a problem, and Cyndi Lauper, she is so much fun. And also, why Waylon Jennings walked out. I won't spoil it, but Brad would love this. I'll tell you off the air. It's I fantastic. Told All right, okay. I told you. Yeah, well, yeah, I told should, I tell, should I spoil it to the world? Uh, or not? Why don't you go ahead to your review? I got okay. some follow up questions okay. for you. Cool. Well, you know, it's that amazing access as his knee goes well into the morning. They recorded all night, which is pretty amazing. And the personalities are all laid out. And just watching Quincy Jones lord over all this, it's a perfect ball of nostalgia. Not much more, but for that, I will give it three stars. Okay. So I didn't know what this movie was about. Because you said you would review it, but I didn't, you know, it was just like, it was just words, <laughs> so I didn't know what it was about. Um, but, you know, it seemed to have a lot of discourse on Twitter. You know, there were some trivia parts of, like, so I'm interested to see your, your thoughts on this. Um, one, uh, I think people were like, a lot of people uh, seem to agree that, like, Sheila E. was kind of done wrong. But basically... They brought Sheila E., mm -hmm. who's a drummer and a mm -hmm. fine musician in her own right, because they really wanted Prince. I'm not sure that she walked out either, yeah. but she may have. Yeah. And she rightly, to her credit, was not bitter about it at all. She just laid it out. Yeah. You know, this is what happened. And they wanted Prince. I know why he didn't show up. He's Prince. He doesn't do these things. What else? I, I, you have to, like well, I said. I, I, yeah. if, if we want to take the spoilers off, I'll tell you all the great things. Is not it, all of them. Is it that but, time? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I think one of the things, too... Well, whatever. It's not history is not spoilers, yeah, yeah. but okay. but um, <laughs> but you know, Jamel Hill was like, who's a you know famous mm -hmm. uh, sports commentator. You know, she had watched it. She had some thoughts, and you know, one of the things too, she was like, Stevie Wonder was is that guy in the project who always wants to make it harder than it is, <laughs> yeah. and Stevie wanted the whole song to be in Swahili, though. <laughs> I guess people would eat, you know, not everybody speaks Swahili yeah. in Africa. Well, it wasn't that he wanted the whole song to be in Swahili. He just wanted some Swahili notes, yeah. which was fine. But yeah, right. Somebody told him they don't even speak it there. And that's when Waylon walked out. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. I, but I will say, I, I, you know, I, I, this is history. Poor Al Jarreau, and he, I, I should know. I don't know if he's alive. He's passed away. Okay. He was drunk. He was flat out drunk, and they didn't hold back and, and point that out. So it was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I told Ben, I was like, out of all like the outlaw country guys, Waylon Jennings would be the one to walk out because he's got. So, he's I was got impressed he showed up, but yeah, because yeah. so, was was Cash there? No, no, he was the, he, he was pretty much the only country guy there. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Like Kenny Loggins was there. The amount of people. No, Kenny Rogers. Kenny was Rogers there. was there. Yeah. yeah, but not not but the only like outlaw kind of guy. Yeah, was yeah. Uh, was Waylon because I, yeah. I think they were saying too that. Um, Stevie Wonder was the extra guy in the project, and I think I think Jamel Hill said like Al Jarreau was the other guy who was just like let's party. When are we going to? Yeah, party? he um, must have been. And they kept showing Al Jarreau, and then was panning over to empty champagne bottles. Yeah. It was a little mean, but he was clearly. Drunk. Was there a joke yeah. too? Was it true that somebody mentioned um, that like Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles offered to drive everybody home? Yes. Was that? <laughs> they, well, you got to realize, you know, this went on from. Let's say the yeah. um, American Museum Wars ended like probably 10. Yeah. It started 11. They went till 6 a.m. Yeah. At least. People were getting pretty punchy. Yeah. And the jokes were pretty raw. And Huey Lewis can really sing. 
Yeah. Kim Carnes was there. I mean, anybody you can think of. So well, what did you give this again? I give it three stars, but I'll say an affectionate three stars. It's not great. It's just really fun. Is it long? No, it's like 90 minutes. Okay. No. Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. Brad? All right, critics and audience, Keith, what you think? I think everybody likes this, but I'll, 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 I'll again go a little lower. This guy, I'll, I'll go lower on the critics. I'll go 90, I'll go like 98 for the fans. Dude, there's no way you shouldn't like this. You know. Keith, you're close, except the wrong one. Critics, 97, <laughs> 97%, 30 reviews. Audience, 84%, 50 plus wow. reviews. And I do and not, there's some haters there. Yeah, and, I, and I do not have a critics or audience says on that. That's okay. One, okay. So. It just came out a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? So maybe yeah, I think within the last two weeks. Okay, so let's go on to the third movie, one that we all watched that went in <laughs> theaters. Um, it's it's Matthew Vaughn's Argyle, starring a whole cavalcade of people. Yeah. A lot of Matthew Vaughn players, I'll say, including Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Samuel L. Jackson, Henry Cavill, John Cena, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara. Ariana Bose. Yeah, Ariana Bose. Those are those are most of the people. I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, but there's so many. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any like spoiler spoiler people. No, because uh, even Samuel Jackson in the trailer. I will say I'm a little stupid. I did not know that that was um, Sam Rockwell on the train. Yeah. So I was he's a, a spy, so I was a little man. surprised. You know? He's a spy. <laughs> they still, he's a spy. They, they tricked me. You know. <laughs> All right. So Brad, what is this? You know what? I'm going to do this. Maybe we'll do like our overall reviews, mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll take the spoilers off a little early, just because uh, yeah, we need I, to explain what's going on. I, I, I see you right. We give our numbers, and then we take it off. Oh, and to quote no. Brad, <laughs> yesterday after we were walking after a movie, like kind of like debriefing, he was just like, "What was this movie about?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. Uh, so, Brad, what was this movie about? Well, At least through s- summary is always courtesy of IMDb. Reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent and global spy syndicate realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real-world events in real time. Okay. I'll say it now. Apparently, this is supposed to be the first of a trilogy, (laughs) and then maybe um, also linking this movie with some other movies. I won't spoil that. In some sort of grand spy universe that's lorded over by Matthew Vaughn, but... um, I didn't like this movie. It was kind of <laughs> dumb. Matthew Vaughn has clearly likes spy movies, um, and I think he has an affinity for the James Bond, Roger Moore era mm-hmm. spy movies. And uh, when he does it right, when he's on, you get Kingsman, which I think is like a great spy movie and a love letter to Roger Moore type movies, or to a lesser extent, Kingsman 2, which was okay. This movie just didn't really make a lick of sense. We had a lot of twists <laughs> and turns. Um, I would say that... I enjoy all the cast. Um, I don't. I was trying to remember the last time I've seen Bryce Dallas Howard front mm-hmm. and center. She's been a co-lead in like the fun. Yeah, yeah, like the Jurassic World mm-hmm. movies and like the Help and all that stuff. Or I mean, she's you know she's like one of the ma- the main people in this. But if you like spy movies, I'll say, <laughs> and it borrows heavily from these movies. You know, like Jason Bourne and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, there's a little Captain America Winter Soldier sprinkled in. And just a bunch of other spy movies that I think are better than this. And I just, well, the movie was okay. I'm not going to be able to give it a good rating. Actually, I'll just give my rating now, and then you guys can. Um, I'm going to give it two out of five. What say you, Brad? That Keith, you can you can close it out, and then maybe we can do the spoilers to unravel what the hell this movie's about. Well, I'll just say this. Uh, I'll try not to go too in depth, but the the acting in this movie is what works. I really love Bryce Dallas Howard as Ellie Conway. She did a good job playing the emotions of the character, especially going through all the spy stuff that she had to deal with. I really like that. Sam Rockwell is my MVP of this movie. 
It's just uh, he, he handles the switch from humor to serious. He's self-deprecating to himself. Sometimes he's uh, biting to um, to Ellie. He's biting to some of the some of the uh, the henchmen he's going up against. Miss Chemistry was Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard is great, and Brian Cranston as Ritter. He hams this up, and I think mm. it's a decent. I think he does it uh, to a decent level, and I think it fits well. And what I call this unhinged movie I have there. But um, like I said, there's plenty more I can get into. Those three, I think, did a real good job. There's some some bit parts that we'll get into later and the spoilers. But uh, all in all, I'll just um, go ahead and I'll go ahead and give my rating. I gave it just like Ben. I gave it a two out of five. I thought about giving it a two and a half. And then I thought about it and I realized I made, made myself realize... You're too nice sometimes, Brad, when it comes to the ratings. So everything but comic book movies, I'm going to give it a second t- mm-hmm. second thought. Yes, I did say, but comic book movies. So um, Venom three, four and a half stars. I will not go that far. Craven the Hunter, seven stars. <laughs> uh, no. So, but I'm going to give this a two out of five. I'm with you guys. I might be a little harsher. When you go into a movie and the movie starts and you see the entire trailer in the first 30 seconds... You know you're going to see a bad movie. They showed that scene with Dua Lipa over and over, and it was better in the movie with trailer with Suspicious Minds. That didn't appear once in the movie. So that appears, and then from there it goes straight downhill. Brad, you're right. Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell are fantastic. But to me, at his heart, this was supposed to be a spoof. It didn't even work on that level. It works on no levels at all. I will give it one and a half stars. Okay. All right, we'll get into the spoilers. Why don't you do the Rotten Tomatoes and all, right. all that stuff? Critics and audience. So, Ben, I'm going to let you lead off since uh, Keith let off earlier the past couple of times. I think the critics are on our side. And uh, just going off the IGN review, which was 4 out of 10, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go like 37% for critics. Audience, who are a little bit more forgiving, I'll go 59 Keith? I think Ben's about right, so I'll go 40 um, fans. I'll go 70. People like these people. Keith, you almost hit it on the audience. Ben, you're pretty close on the critics. 35% for the critics, 207 (laughs) reviews. Audience, 71%, 250-plus reviews. Critics consensus, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes, Argyle gets some mileage out of its silly, energetic spin on the spy thriller, but ultimately wears out its welcome with a convoluted plot and overlong runtime. Mm-hmm. Yes, this movie is two hours and 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes. It does not need to be two hours and 20 minutes. Okay, so let's talk about spoilers, Brad. Spoilers! Turn away! <laughs> quadruple quadruple turn away now! Okay, so the, the short version is that Ellie, it's revealed, you know, in the trailer, she's writing this novel... And it seems to be predicting what's happening in this spy, uh, what these spies are doing. But then it's is, revealed that is, that... is that twist one? Uh, or, or, or that's is probably it? number no, five. That's more than halfway through. So, so Okay, so uh, let me get through this because it's going to take me about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> okay, so... Sorry, El- sorry. You know, so Ellie is thrust in this world. She's an author who writes these books called Argyle. That's the name of the spy. And she is apparently kidnapped by Sam Rockwell because uh, there's a rogue intelligence agency that is after her because apparently her books parallel what they do in real life. Mm -hmm. And then I guess what, twist one or two is that (laughs) um, it's revealed that... The division. Yeah, twist games, twist yeah. one or two what is what a it, bad name. Yeah, by the way. Well, what's a video game too? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, the the twist there basically is like, what's really happening is Ellie is a spy, 
in this division, secret intelligence agency, um, who's lost her memories, and uh, you know the books are kind of a manifestation of her actual <laughs> memories. And her name is Rachel Kyle, a.k.a. Yeah. R. Kyle. Yeah. Um, and when that revelation came out, Brad next to me was like, what? <laughs> I, if, if, I was about that to, wasn't I, near the end either. And I was, that was about like halfway through. I was about to drop an F-bomb, too. Yeah. I was like, what the? Yeah. But, okay, so but, even with that, though, that premise is yeah. not bad. No. Yeah. Yeah. They just no. kept going. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that happened, and then... You also um, forgot she was brainwashed, too. Yeah. So. Oh, that's what I was saying. Yeah. He's getting yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's All what right. I was saying. The memories. Um, so she was brainwashed, and then they, like, her and Sam Rockwell were a couple with Samuel Jackson, and they had gone rogue from this agency because they were like, this agency is bad, it needs to be exposed, and... You know, so there's a big confrontation at the end, and you know, I don't know. But after about mm-hmm. plot six, and we're like an hour fifty, yeah. hour fifty five in the movie, and there's still half an hour left. I'm like, what is going on? But All right, here's here's what I got down for this. I said this, it did way too much. The story did way too much. Yeah. One, one twist is great. Two twists, if done right, is awesome. I'll take as many as four or five. Yeah, but Argyle <laughs> did at least three, if not four, if not maybe eight. It's kind of hard to tell, and if they and they were handled haphazardly. Granted, I'm used to nonsensical twists. I watched wrestling back in the late late 90s, early 2000s. and It was me, Brad. Yeah, it was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just exactly. like they, things just were happening that were just so... It just happened and it didn't make no sense. But, I mean, but it starts as a double agent, possibly triple agent, that has amnesia and brainwash seems to be a little too much. So uh, and I'm, yeah. probably, I'm probably leaving out the... Um, I don't know. There's something I'm probably leaving out on that quick sentence there. But, yes, mm. it was just... Too much. I mean, Matthew, you know, Matthew Vaughn um, is pretty good visually, and I think his action sequences, if you watch some of his other movies like Kick Ass or Kingsman, are great, but it just went too far. Um, there's a scene towards the end where our heroes, um, Ellie and Sam Rockwell's character, Aiden, are trying to break out of an armory to, you know, go upload the file MacGuffin or whatever the hell they're going to do, and. <laughs> Soldiers line the hallways and preparing. That's the exact same scene in Kingsman. It is yeah. exact. It's like almost yep. the same set. Yep. I mean, it's it's just it, they, it's lazy. They throw colored yep. smoke. Yeah, yeah. It, it just shows how far he's come though. Because the, now in the wrong direction. Because that scene is fantastic in Kingsman. Yes, but in this one with the rainbow smoke and then the. The spoilers off the oil and the ice skating, and, the and then the damn finish. The whole finish was so stupid. Was, yeah, <laughs> it, it's beyond. I mean, you know, like uh, we watched a View to a Kill for a, a, a review with our friend Mark mm-hmm. like four years ago, and you know, you know that movie Roger Moore basically invents snowboarding and everything like that. That's way more plausible than yes. what we saw yeah. with Ellie, where she kind of becomes a hockey player. The ice, the ice skating was the worst. Let, let, let me, <laughs> I, I want to go back to that one because I think the dreaded nitpick of the week is coming back. But but the, the that, is there only a nitpick with this one? <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's plenty, but this one is like the cake that takes all cake for nitpicks. But. Just, just the musical backing and the colored smoke and the dancing. This, this was at best unnecessary, and at worst, it was just there to check boxes and inflate runtime. And it just became. And I'm sure he liked it. You could tell. I'm just saying, it just, it just became mindless action, just, to, yeah. just for the sake of mindless action. Now, going back to like the ice skating on the crude oil thing, where literally is that even possible? You know. Wait, Keith, it might get worse for you here. But but here's the thing. It's like, they already said it's like, all right, so they put their guns down because it's like, all right, one spark, everything yeah. explodes. Okay. Fine. 
What does she do? She takes metal, little yeah. metal stakes, puts exactly. them on the bottom Knives. of her boots. Knives. Puts Knives. them on the middle of the of her boots. So, okay, so she's going to be ice skating through crude oil. What happens when metal clicks on metal? Exactly. Yeah. There's so many and layers there. Explosion. And, and she ends up shooting guns anyway. Yeah, I exactly. Yes. What the fuck? I don't know. I like Bryce Dallas Howard. Like I said, I don't, I don't get to see her a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. And it, it would it's kind of fun to see her in action movies, but like they don't really give her a lot of yeah. that's a stupid I mean they didn't really give her any hand to hand combat. Instead they gave nope. her this dumb this dumb dumb thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. She and Sam in a spy movie together, yes. uh, even double triple agent would have been great. Yeah. But show you how far off the rails the plot went. They have Ariana DeBose to do absolutely nothing. She's basically in two scenes. I mean, you know, yeah. it's insane the way they treat her. It's yeah. it's, it's it's insulting. That's, that's twist nine when she comes <laughs> yeah. she comes yeah. back she comes back from the dead because she gets shot. Yeah. But you come to find out, she gets shot in the heart, but you come to find out there's a little spot. What, what, what did they call that? Uh, I, have, I can't even remember. I don't, know, no, I, I don't care. I'm about, to drop, I'm about to drop another F-bomb here. But she basically gets shot in like a two-inch spot yeah. where literally it, it will go straight, it will go through, not hit anything important that keeps you alive, and you survive as long as you fill it up so it don't bleed out. Okay. Fine. Yeah. What, is, what does um, Ellie Conway do here? She shoots Sam. In that exact spot, when she's had no training to do yes. it for five years. Well, she was an expert spy, but, you know. Still. She's been brainwashed. <laughs> she was brainwashed. She lost it. She was apparently gaining it back, but she had no practice for five years now. And she's also doing it on a tense, in an intense situation. And she just hit it just like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yeah. What? I, was, I was telling Brad, like, maybe... Maybe an Olympic marksman who was aspiring from a stationary position could do that shot, but to, to pull to pull a gun out of another guy's holster and, do it and just point shoot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I suspend my disbelief all the time, and I make fun of Brad for nitpicking, but this is not. I mean, no. this is beyond yeah. the pale. As far now, as that. I'll give you this: Bryce Dallas Howard did a great job. Just switching the characters up. Yeah, she was fun. She's good. She, yeah. she did good that way. I, I, I and I think rolling. How, with, how did her hair turn blonde? I totally forget. She just was a probably spy. just died. She, she just probably just died. Okay. Yeah. So, so they didn't yeah. show us that. Okay. Yeah, or so, a wig, you know. Yeah, it could be one of those. I mean, it's it's a spy thing. So but. I was making sure I didn't miss something in all this cavalcade of you know. No, let's be cavalcade of crap. Let me get my let me get let me get my hair takes off. You know, our boy Henry Cavill. I couldn't get past that stupid Argyle haircut because he's an avatar of our. Argyle. He's yeah. not real. Well, quote. I'm not. We're not. We're not even going to get into that because that's too. Yeah. No, we are going to get into that because we because we have to. We, but we the Argyle, the Argyle character hairstyle. I was telling Brad, it reminded me either of Gal from Street Fighter or Paul from Tekken. If yes. you ever see those things, yeah. a, 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 a normal man, a spy man, should not wear that. No man, no, no man, no, man, no, man, yeah. no woman yeah. should wear that haircut. Well, Sam Rockwell uh, or um, Aiden even made that yeah, comment. Little, he was like, yeah. when he was on the train, it's like, yeah. look, Ellie. No spy is going to be caught yeah. dead wearing uh, wearing argyle and dressed up like that. Spies try to blend in, like I did. The real convoluted stuff, like that shoot through the heart kind of thing, <laughs> and then the the argyle twist. Oh, they did they did put a hat on a hat, and like when that's revealed to Ellie, she's like, "This is BS," but it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> exactly. One good thing that I will say, you were right about Brian Cranston. But Catherine O'Hara is clearly in on the joke. She had a lot of fun with this. They all, those, the four of them were, were very good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And even the spot sports, like Henry Cavill was good as Agent Argyle. Yeah, John Cena was, was white. They were both yeah. good. I mean, and if Ariana DeBose was given more, she probably would have yeah, been good. I mean, so. Like, a lot of them were just stuffed in to put in the poster, have their names on the poster, yeah. like Dua yeah. Lipa. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. We got to get into this ending, though, because Ben's kind of hinted it out already. We're in super spoilers now, so if you I'm really... Talking about, talking about the credit scene? Yeah, so well, let me, well let me, the let me, ending, the mid-credit, and all that. Let, so me, that, let, that, me, that. let me just set the scene real quick about... So... This movie apparently was originally conceived to be a trilogy with two other movies, one being a prequel that, you know, we'll mess, uh, I think Brad will touch upon. And then also, this is supposed to be the same universe as Kingsman, and then how, and then Matthew Vaughn is supposed to connect this with Kingsman and a third, apparently not made yet, or undetermined franchise to make their own, like, Kingsman's Matthew Vaughn Spireverse, which doesn't... <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's I, probably... I've, I've it's it's going to be G.I. Joe and Transformers you watch. So. <laughs> no, don't disrespect those two Seriously. things with that. Yeah, those I are mean, fun. I those just are, think... Those are fun, Brad. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, this is... I don't know if there's a greater example of cart before the horse. And we didn't even talk about the box office yet, right? I mean... No, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we can't. Well, we'll, we'll The box office, it. it was number oh. one. Yes, it was number one. What was the total? It was $18 million this week. Ooh, so this for, movie this movie cost $200 million. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't see, you know, especially in these they'd be, times. They'd be lucky if they make half of that next it, week. It did also open the same time on Apple, right? I can watch it right now, can I? I uh, sure. don't know. That I one don't I don't know. know. Just okay. to confirm, I looked on Apple. It is not available yet. So yeah. probably in two weeks. So mm-hmm. that that actually, you would think that would actually bump up its box office too. So yeah, it's a little window. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. So the mid credits of this scene basically teases, I guess, the first, uh, the origin movie of Argyle, who. Let me take a brief breath. Yeah, make sure is, right. is okay. So we're in the, most of the movie. We're to believe that Argyle, the character, is really a manifestation of Ellie's character. That's her subconscious. Yeah, Ellie's and, real life. And then yeah. later on is revealed at the end that there is an actual Argyle character, spy character, coincidentally, who has like a mullet. Yeah, on or and then apparently <laughs> is connected to Kingsman. And so this alleged second sequel, this alleged sequel, is an. Argyle origin story, which I assume is much like Lightyear was for Toy Story, where it's just mm-hmm. like this is based on a character's base. But like, I don't have any interest. No, this is so dumb. I put it no. this way: if they do this, I hope it's hopefully it's more Kingsman one and less Argyle. So I'll have to see the trailer, and it's gonna have to get like a like a but, but IGN been, he's, ten out of ten and all this yeah. other like he's good been, buzz. He's, he's been steady downhill though, Brad. I yeah. have no confidence at this point. Oh, like said, you can hope. <laughs> you can hope, but I mean, it's just just make Kingsman four. I mean, I'd rather see that than this. Yeah, exactly. Anything. I think we should wrap this up because we didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's not a talking lot, a lot about a bad it's, movie. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> not a go spend money to see. Yeah, maybe but, streaming, but, but it, it's it's a streaming movie if you want to turn your brain off. And enjoy I, like I can't even say that stream movies should entertain you. Well, it's you know. it's somewhat entertaining in, in in the in the complexity of how many twists there are <laughs> and how much how much more your brain cells tend to turn off at each twist. So, I would just say but, just watch Kingsman if you want to yeah, if yeah. you want a goofy riff on a spy thing. Just watch mm-hmm. Kingsman if you want to see Henry Cavill be a spy or James Bond. Watch well, hey, Man from Uncle. We're movie. in the minority of the, or my, uh, Mission Impossible. I mean, it's got seventy-one percent for the from the audience. That doesn't surprise me. There's a, it's got a lot of stars. People, people. I'm not going to comment on the masses. I mean, you know, and you know, I mean, we're I, we're far from like Ebert, Cisco level <laughs> critics, but I mean, we are critics. Maybe there's the people with 
less discerning taste, I guess, yeah. that might enjoy I mean, if we were the critics, we're right on. I mean, yeah. uh, if, if, if we, we try to put ourselves in the audience well, we've found that many a time where uh, Venom has gotten like 70-some percent uh, audience reviews and... Us, us I three. mean, I gave Flash a three, and I feel like I'm, I'm so embarrassed with <laughs> that. You gave it, you guys gave it three and a half. I know, I'm only uh, laughing because, yeah. uh, and I, 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 before I change my vote, I need to see it yeah. again. I'm not convinced it's a bad movie. I don't know. It's on HBO uh, if you want to see it. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right, let's wrap this up because we wasted too much time on a bad movie, like Keith said. So, um, all right. Keith, what's your plugs? You can reach us at MoviesTheMealOG at gmail.com, MoviesTheMeal on Twitter, and do give us a listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, so for this episode of Movies and Meal, I'm Ben. And Keith. Brad, peace. See you.